everybody, welcome to That Photography Podcast. Um, I'm sitting here with amazing makeup and hair person extraordinaire, Warren Dion Smith from New Zealand. How are oh, you, thanks. mate? <laughs> yeah, this is fun. This is fun. Um, I know Warren from doing lots of shows around the country um, and seeing him doing amazing effects makeup and that on, on um, I don't know, different people. Your, your, your background... Well, let's just say, you start, I know you because of Weta Workshop, which is the big special effects company and, and uh, movie company out of New Zealand, and that's the reason why you're on shows, which I work on. But your, your skills and talent is based around hair and makeup, and you were doing this before the movie industry kind of stuff. So can you give me a rundown of your background? Yeah, so I left school when I was around 15, 14, 15, and I managed to get into a hairdressing uh, school and they would take me on without being paid and so I stayed there for a year and then I managed to get an apprenticeship with a salon that was already doing leading singers and, oh, and wow. stars already not actors mainly it's all the musicians musicians and stuff yeah so I was able to get my my head around looking after so-called celebrities there so so your um, goals were always to do hair and makeup or is, it, yeah. is this something you just sort of fell into? My goal that I always said when I grew up was I wanted to be a celebrity hair and makeup artist. Everyone said, oh yeah, sure, but now they're looking back and thinking you always said that that's what you were going to do. Yeah, particularly out of New Zealand when there wasn't much, well, the film industry didn't exist in the way it's known now and and you've obviously got local celebrities and everybody does, but to get to that international level, which which I'm guessing you're trying to aspire to, that that's a big leap and big leap of faith as well to actually pinpoint that sort of idea, right right back at the beginning. Like was it like 16 or 17? Or um, I, I, I was I reckon I would have been around 10, 11 oh, years wow. old when I really looked at the likes of well guest singers and uh, Miss Worlds and all that. So I was able to. And the salon that I was at, the uh, the wife was a uh, of the wife of the salon that I worked for was a makeup artist to the actual Miss Universe and Miss yeah, World. Right. So I was able to get in my head around being able to do hairstyles and then looking at how they do the makeup. And the husband of the wife at the salon that I was working at was a actual singer, and he made number one hits. Uh, it wasn't Dave Dobbin, was it? No, no, no. But I've worked <laughs> with Dave Dobbin, yeah. So it's kind of... <laughs> it's like, uh, out of New Zealand, who were the famous uh, New Zealand singers we know? <laughs> Dave Dobbin. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's hard to really... They were all sort of old school singers yeah, yeah. back then. So, I mean, no, no one would be really familiar with a lot of them, apart from if you're in New Zealand. and Yeah. Yeah, but they, I, I watched them on the plane and they're still, there's still documentaries about them. So it brings back a lot of memories. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, so well, you you sort of locked in getting that apprenticeship and that. And how long did you do that for? Uh, I did that for about three years, and then uh, after the three years, I wanted to try something different. So I was about doing competition work, and and so I got into that and photographic yeah. work. So I was able to do that on an international scale. So yeah, well, that's that's where a lot of people the transition for most makeup artists I, I've worked with online. Uh, no, is they start local, they start usually with weddings and things like that, like the simple stuff, leavers, dinners, and that, but they, or you get into a salon, um, or you do both, 
and then you you do you trade for photos, you do that sort of stuff to try and get your magazine magazine prints and your covers. It's it's an interesting stepping journey, but you you you've gone into the photographic realm, and at some point, sidestepped into film. Yeah, uh, uh, film. When I was in the salon that I was working at. I met one of our co-founders, Richard Taylor's mother, and she told me about Peter Jackson and Richard Taylor and what they were doing with uh, the horror scenes and the blood and guts, and uh, uh, that's how I took an interest into it, and so it, it just unfolded from there, really. Yeah, right. Do you still do a lot of photographic work when, yeah. you, when you have a chance, when yeah. you're not running around the world doing shows? Yep. So I constantly keep doing photographic work. So I will look around even at Supernova and I'll look around or any convention that I go to and there will be always a model that stands out to me. Yeah. So uh, I get approached by a lot of different photographers who would ask whether or not I'd be interested in collaborating. Yeah. And I'm always interested in collaborating uh, and, and looking at how I can better myself and in yeah. the photographic world as well as also physically I like the physical competitions as well with hair and makeup yep yeah, yeah the, like, I know like a lot of the uh, products like Goldwell and things like that do competitions yeah. um, so many of them yeah it can be uh, it can be pretty draining on resources though as well like financially as well yeah. as that so but yeah. do you feel that uh, those competitions obviously you feel they're worthwhile but um, you have to pick and choose, obviously, what you what you feel is going to get you somewhere. Now, yeah, there's definitely no money involved, and in no. that's for sure. So it's more I, about a claim, and, and yeah, and I and I've done it on a budget of of nothing. So it's um, looking at, at just being able to look at my work now and and seeing where it's going. I always like an artist, I guess. It's just always unfinished. Yeah, constantly keep. Oh. sort of re-establishing <laughs> do, you, do you always look at your old work and go oh I wish I did this better because yeah. I know it all the time oh, I, yeah I do and so I've been now introduced to the art of before it was photoshop and now it's all retouch so I, yeah, I look at the retouching and I look at it how, how simple things can be but how how much different it can it can look in a print yeah, yeah definitely I look at that well and I'm guessing back when you first started doing photographic work, um, it was all film-based. Mm. Um, not to say you're old, but yeah. but, it, but th- there has been a transition in the last 25 years from digital uh, into digital. But um, have your techniques? Obviously, you've improved over the years. But have, did your techniques actually change to match the mediums that started to come out? Yep. I look at now when I'm actually creating something. I look at the finish of things more. Yeah. And the detail, so my eye to detail, whether it be strands of things just flying on the face or removing stray hairs and things like that, yeah. combing an eyebrow to a lash out of place, and and also that when I look at a model, the face has to be calm and lips and yeah. hands, and so I look at those things now, the overall look, rather than just looking at one particular piece of uh, work that I've. I'm creating at the time, so I'll, I'll, okay. I will overlook the whole lot before. Yeah, so you step step back. Yeah. Or okay. the good thing about it now, when you look at a monitor, even on a film, you can see what needs to be done. So really, it's just when someone takes a photo, I'll look at it, zoom in right in on it, and then see what needs to be improved. So really, yep. it's just steps like that that I take. So um, when you do, you still um, do commercial 
um, photographic work as well on top of everything else? Like, would, would could, well, I reckon I could book you to do a job if I if I if I could, if I needed to. But does that happen often? Do you get ads yeah. for agencies or anything? Yeah, I do. So like um, things that could be for rugby as well. So it's, <laughs> it's just people in a crowd that's face painted, just a little bit of you know how they go to oh, right. any rugby games, yeah. and they'll be in a crowd. So I've done um, bus bus companies, uh, taxis, and oh wow, yeah, and also uh, underwear. Uh, men and uh, men and women, yep. Uh, sort of un- underwear campaigns and cricket and yeah. So for sporting an one's the interesting team. one. I've never thought of that. As soon as you said rugby, the first thing you came to mind is like you're you know, sitting there with a rugby flag and a bit of foundation. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. So it's like the colours of their actual. Yeah, team. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. And it could be just anything. <laughs> my, my my brain just went the wrong. Place. I think people do when they think, oh, so it's, a, it's all about fashion. So that I mean, no, it's different aspects. So. Of, of what's involved and, and what well, I'm booked for. So, what's your favourite um, style to go with? Like, if you if you could pick, if if every job on the table, like had every genre, which, which would you pick up first? Yeah, I like the more avant-garde, the couture. Look. Okay. Yeah, and then from there, I like corporate. Wow. Yeah. That's that's two opposite ends yeah. of the stick. Yeah. So, so if I got to choose one first, it would be. Uh, the avant-garde yeah yeah wow and um with that yeah you know, the film the film stuff you've done you know you uh, worked on the hobbit and and you've how long have you been with weta for so weta will be my this will be my 14th year yeah holy crap yeah that's, that's a long time i knew about them but it's, a, it's just about how i would be able to offer them a service that I could provide. Yeah, but so so you sort of came in around the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, looking at it, I mean, there is a credit with my name in it on Lord of the Rings, but I cannot claim that because it was nothing to do with hair and makeup. It was just uh, art department. <laughs> the, you yeah. had an orc in the background. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't even an orc. It was basically sweeping a floor and yeah, you right. know, putting a twig on the side of the yep. shot. So that yeah was had nothing to do with what I do now. So. But but you, that transition into film, which is then, not just beauty and touch-ups and stuff like that, but now you you you're starting to look at camera detail. Um, you're looking at prosthetics, mm. in, and you're moving into special effects. Yeah. And that so, that, that's an interesting transition again, because. There, there's an art to to doing hair. There's an art to doing basic faces and makeup and that, and then taking to the next level. But then taking those fields and then moving it into appliances, special effects, and that. Some people either just go one or the other. They don't switch. Mm-hmm. Um, how how did you find that transition? Um, and obviously, you had some great mentors within the workshop. Um, how steep a learning curve did you have to work with? Yeah, I mean, working in the workshop, oh, at Weta Workshop, it was great providing um, the prosthetics to film companies. But after the, that, once we've finished designing them and creating them, we then take them on the film set. Yeah. And that's when I became interested in the fact that, oh, I'd like to apply what we've just made. Yeah. And uh, I wanted it to be a complete set from being able to do hair and basic makeup to extreme and then went on to prosthetics so i looked at it and i, and I just i knew i could do it yeah yeah i just knew that oh well from what i saw because it was all about watching and learning and i then i just spoke up and said i could do it wow yeah and then so they 
gave me a background, way in the background character that I could create, but it, it was something that followed after after the passion of hero makeup. Yeah, and both inform each other now. Do, do yeah, I think so. I mean, it was not only just the prosthetics, but we also do the suit and armor. It must be lunchtime. Yeah. It sounds like last drinks in this bar, but it yeah, isn't. Yeah. There's a conference upstairs, and they're obviously trying to get people in. Oh, that's what they're doing. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and so we do the, um, like, anything that's to do with creatures also comes with a whole entire body. So we yeah. do the suit and armor, even the suit and prosthetics. Well, and yeah, the one thing I, I've known from working with generally less experienced makeup artists in my own work is that they're very face-focused. They don't look at the complete body, particularly if you're doing, you know, a, a, a half a shot or like a, you know, from the bust up or even the full body. And that can be quite critical. And, and cameras and film and TV, it's, you, you can hide a lot of stuff. You, well, you used to be able to because of the resolution of the cameras. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But not anymore. Now yeah. now with, with the advent of high, higher and higher resolution cameras, um, I remember talking to a makeup artist oh, years ago and they were complaining about the move to HD. Now we're going to 4K and 8K. Um, that their makeup, it's impossible to get that flawless makeup anymore because everything gets picked up. That's a challenge, like, and I'm guessing it's something you have to deal with all the time now. Hmm. I look at uh, HD as something that, and it, well, if it's a big budget movie, I always know that after you've filmed something, it goes to into post, yeah. and they look after everything from there. And so they tell me, even though you think you're doing the best job that you possibly yeah. can, they're still fixing up parts of yeah. where you think where where you think you did well. And so constantly, all my friends who are looking after it in digital, they always they, they spend the whole day just removing like wig lace or yep. you know, making sure that the, the hair isn't covering a certain area or the costume is. I think a lot of people don't realise that is that yes, people know about Photoshop retouching for still images, but bigger films like you actually get generally whole crews and companies actually pitch to get the um, work of being Daniel Radcliffe's zit remover from Harry Potter. Mm. You know, there's big money in doing all those fixes. Yeah, and so it's amazing on certain movies that I work on uh, that the people who've worked on all those movies, as well as some of the people I work with, they, um, they, the stories you hear on them are quite horrendous, but it's, yeah. it's, those are the things that pay off in the end, as the, as the disasters, I think, because that's the only way you're going to get it right in the yeah, and the film is by not getting it right to begin with. Yeah, right. That's what I've seen anyway. I, and, I, <laughs> and and a lot of the times, if they don't like it, they'll just cut it out. They won't make the cut, and yeah, they'll redo it all. And then just, the yeah. actors are complaining because they spent so long in makeup. And, yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. So going from working in the salon to probably doing four a.m. calls yeah. um, on film sets and that that that's that's a that's a different set of. Um, physical circumstances to deal with as well like um, the hours are long and, that, and do, you, do you find that working working with all these different amazing people from your actors to your crew and everything else and at the weirdest hours uh, bring a camaraderie 
as well with with how you work and and working to improve yourself and everything like that um, a lot of the time too it's speed so yeah. it's, so the first day on set of say like a big crowd scene you'd have, you'd be in the early hours of the morning and then you'd have to finish them within an hour and so I'd always think okay the next day I'll do it much better even though yeah. it had to be continuity and it becomes much easier every time but I mean you've got the whole day to get it right so they could yeah. just be sitting in a, in a tent or in their own caravans and they might not get used at all but you still have to make sure they're camera yeah. ready and camera ready, yeah. yeah ready to go for 12 hours at least each day after making them up and sometimes they'll say okay too much dirt take the dirt off make them all tidy and then oh more dirt Yep. So you'll have to put more dirt on their face to make it look as though they've actually been in in a swamp for a certain time and then more glycerin or... I don't know, it depends on what it is and, and how the camera reads. Yeah, yeah. So what, who are your biggest influencers? Who do you look up to when you yeah. in your work? In, in my industry, I look up to a, a lady called Domini Till who in King Kong took me under her wings. She, she gets a lot of credit in the Oscars and that kind of thing. And... and uh, Richard Taylor. Well, I look at how he looks at with a critical eye, so I look at yeah. that. I like th- I like to look at things like that. Uh, Gino Acevedo, he's like master, but he's he is so humble that I just would aspire to be more humble <laughs> like him. Rather, you're pretty than, humble. Well, I don't know. I, people just think, oh, well, you know, I'm I, I'm not at that level, but I feel as though that's what I inspire yeah. to, to be. And I guess that's why when I hear cosplayers who just say that they're not at my level but they inspire to be I, I understand how that is yeah, yeah yeah so it gives it brings me back to earth to think that uh, with what I do now and shows and all it just has helped me become a better person because people get lost in the in the whole fame and fortune thing and I just feel as though I I've got so much work to do so much more work to do yeah. that I know everything can either be better or not at all. Yeah, right. Or, yeah, or I'll just be doing what I would do in a salon, which is just cut the same hairstyle or do the same colour on, on a client. It's not that I mind Come on, that. the blue rinse is back in. Do you know what? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is back in. That's right. That's everything. It's, just, it's not on 80-year-olds anymore. It's no, on 23-year-olds. And this is true. So what I've seen, you know, what we, what they're doing now, 10 years ago, were just forbidden. Yeah. So we really pushed the barrier, but the, the rules with everything so it's do you think you'd ever go back to sell them you know if i did it would have to be under my own terms so yeah yeah and that would be maybe two clients a day yeah <laughs> or maybe six clients a week yeah rather six than week. 60 yeah but you probably if you said six clients a week they'll probably turn up the same day and well, yeah well this is a, but i mean you know I look, at, I look at it and i just think if they ask so there's some singers too i look at, at, at musicians and there's a lot of my friends they're all saying oh well, i work with delta goodrum and work with such and such and i'm yeah. just thinking well I, I look at those the hairstyles and the makeup and i think they look great yeah. so that's how I'll, when i look at things like that it, it brings out what is in for the season so what i see on tv i think oh yeah i got to do it like that this time around so if uh, this is a different different tact again Working with photographers, because that's the main audience on this one, what's the sort of advice you would give to um, particularly more novice photographers and that who are starting out working with hair and makeup artists and stuff like that? What, what, 
what are the kind of rules or ideas or and that to help everybody collaborate and improve and that what what would you be your fundamentals you think I well from what I from the people I've worked with I've got to feel completely safe and trust the a photographer so that when we've met in a, an area with models and the models are good and yeah. so they feel that they can perform and also the same vision so as long as I've got a mood board or a vision board about yep. how I'd like it shot and how I'd like it to, to appear and so everyone's on the same page I look at it like that but I've got to also have a good relationship with with all of the Everybody. artists involved here yeah. otherwise I don't feel that I can perform or be myself as long as you, to me be yourself because yep. yeah if I have to try and be somebody else I know that it's not going to be my work yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, something like that. Okay. And um, I think we'll finish in a, after I ask you this one. What, what, where would your, um, where would we find, like, sort of a showcase of your work? Where, I know you've got your website. But you know, that's, don't even look at it. I know it's old. You know, no, no. I, I, it's been under construction for, for years. years. But not only that, I just look at it. I just, if I, if I, this is what I'd like to do, be able to learn how to create a website. Yep. learn to be able to do all the computer stuff because I reckon that's when I'll be able to design something but it's sitting down with somebody and, and 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 also creating profiles on myself is something that I don't really like doing everybody hates writing about yeah. themselves yeah. unless and I'm, you're a narcissist and I'm, not I'm really, sorry if you like it yeah <laughs> yeah and even just doing something like this I mean my hand's not even shaking holding the microphone no you're doing very but well but it's things like this yeah but I, I do feel comfortable but I guess I've got to, yeah, everyone does look at your profile. Yeah. And so I guess it's, um, you can look under Warren Dion Smith and also look under Weta Workshop. I just combine yeah. them all. Yeah, People yeah. People do all that and then it comes up with certain things. What is it? I am. IMDb. Yeah, IMDb things. People <laughs> can look under that. And yeah, that, that's your film and TV yeah, work. Or yeah. they can look under also uh, here, here and make up. So yep. it generally comes up with the work that I do, all the people. Because even though your website's old, it's got some amazing um, images, which is based around really big hair. Yeah, and a lot of that is untouched work, so it's... It's, it's raw. Yeah, it's raw, raw well, that's work. That's even better, because yeah. it's quite amazing. And so those are the things that I do in spare time, but I've got so many images that I you know, haven't used, and I, I guess I, really now doing this and listening to you talk about it has brought the attention that I need to focus on that when I get home that's right I'll kick you up the butt yeah so <laughs> that's what I'm going to do yeah, yeah. Tra- trans Tasman kick up the butt by me <laughs> yeah I, although when I was um, in Hobart too I did um, I won a men's IHS International Hairdressing Society uh, men's category and got um, I guess got, got into the international Oh, so that's look in, in Hobart for Australia. It's oh, that's amazing. right, because the, the comp was in Hobart, wasn't it, a couple yeah, years ago? And yeah, and that was quite amazing to, yeah. to even have gone there. So look at it, oh my gosh, didn't win, but I felt like I won. Yeah. You always win. Yeah, it's just kind of <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on and having a chat with me. Thank you. And yeah, that's, that's fun. Always fun to catch up with you. You too. Yeah. First time doing it on the mic. And my first podcast in Australia. There you go. Yeah. I'm always micing up for to do applications on people, but this is different. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so much. much.